Welcome to the T5 Life Show. This is your host, Coleco Lubawanan, also known as TE5 Pharaoh. I am the owner and CEO of TE5 Gaming and TE5 Real Estate Group. Our mission here is to give you the know-hows in the gaming and the esports space, as well as the real estate and business space, and share my life along the way. I hope you guys enjoy this episode. Great day. Welcome. We got a new episode here and we got once again, my guest, my buddy T5D bro here. He's going to be helping me a lot with future episodes, guys. We talk Call of Duty, but that's not what we are talking about today. Today, this episode, we're going to talk NBA basketball, man. Something me and him are both very passionate about. We follow NBA. We love NBA. Uh, We both have our own teams, our players, you know, we got our own little perspectives and views. We're going to have some pretty compelling talk today, Uh, probably some pretty heated debates we'll get into later, but uh, we're going to talk free agency first. Let's open up with that, you know, talk about these headliner free agent moves. I know um, all over the place, you know, this, this, this year of basketball D, I think, I mean, I'm, it, it's, there's no like true, like Golden State, the Golden State super team's gone. Um, it's wide open. You know, I think this is the most exciting as far as just equaled out type competition we've ever seen. Um, I'm so excited for this year of basketball, but um, go ahead and uh, I haven't even let you introduce yourself. Yeah, introduce yourself uh, for those of you that might not, that might be listening. You've maybe not heard Debra before. D-Bro, just tell a little bit about yourself. How's it going, everybody? It's D-Bro here. I've been following the NBA for a very long time. I'm actually – my favorite sport is basketball. So, like, this is, like, my right up my alley. And, uh, wow, we got some – a lot of things to, like, go over. Let's just put it this way. Since free agency started June 30th, technically July 1st, though, there was over – $4 billion worth of contracts signed all the way up until now. $4 billion. That's that, like half of what the NFL's worth, bro. And one, what, in a short period? Like, literally, the NFL thinks for like $9 billion or something. Yeah. And that's exactly. off topic, but that's crazy to think about. Like, Just put it this way. The amount of money that the, the NFL makes off of a Super Bowl – the NBA beat that by four times in a week span, pretty much. We'll give it a week and a half. But in a week and a half span, they yeah. times that by four. That just blows my mind. Crazy. <laughs> and if you're a huge NBA fan and trades and free agency get you excited like it gets me and Pharaoh here, you Gotta turn on notifications on for Woj. I don't know if you had the Woj bomb the notifications on, but I did. So I'm sitting here at work or after work sitting here waiting. All right, what's going to happen? Boom. It felt like one thing after another, after another, after another. I sat there and watched all four and a half hours of the jump watching Woj just drop these bombs and then tweeting about it after. Dude, Woj is such a celebrity, man. I think he's got, like, what, close to 4 million Twitter followers? Like, this dude's a freaking – 
And they better be banking on it. Better, we're going to see like Woj sponsorships it's, and stuff coming out. <laughs> it's funny to sit here and look at it because some of the – like I listen to a lot of podcasts, NBA podcasts. I listen to Bill Simmons. I listen to Ryan Russillo. I listen to a lot of these – other different basketball podcasts that are more like in depth in the contract, the money, how this works, how that works, and how they just talk about Woj and how he gets all of the information, how much like they praise him. It's almost like he's the god of information. Like everybody's like, Woj, is this going to come true or not? Have you heard anything like this? And Woj just blesses us with everything. It's like, oh yeah, that's what's going on. <laughs> just, Woj, just imagine. If the NFL would, would had this type of exposure like the NBA does, these players are more personable. They sit here and talk for openly who they want to play with. And it's Adam just Silver crazy. Amazing job. I mean, Adam Silver is the commissioner of the NBA. He he has made the NBA. I mean, culturally, basketball already has an advantage. I think you know over any of the sports dude, that exist, um, but. You know, he, he just like you said, he's he's made it about the players that allowing the players to really express the, their personalities and really uh, debut their brands and who they are makes this sport what it is. It's a star studded sport. It's a player's league. And because of that, I mean, it just it, it's a beautiful recipe for like the most relevant sport in, in, in society today, which I, I truly believe that. So um, let's 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 talk about this, because Adam Silver has done such an amazing job with the NBA. The NBA with David Stern was on the brink of a lot of things. A lot of the players weren't happy. A lot of the teams weren't happy. The league was in a very interesting spot, right? Adam Silver comes in, and now it feels like the NBA is a all year round sport. It was before, but it wasn't as followed as much because David Stern didn't allow the players to express themselves by the shoes. I mean, if you want to get real, Michael Jordan for wearing his Jordans got fined every single game he wore those shoes and Nike covered the bill, but not a lot of people know that. Adam Silver is like, oh yeah, you guys can wear your shoes. You can express yourself through your shoes. They could be not team uniform. They can be whatever it, you guys want it to be. And the players are kind of taking this now and kind of like, hey, I'm going to build a brand off of it. I mean, look at uh, Bleacher Report and ESPN. They have shoe like episodes of the players talking about how expensive their shoes are, what they're wearing. I mean, before NFL games, you kind of see, oh, what is uh, Antonio Brown wearing? But it seems like every time everybody has their eyes looked at. Oh, what is Le what shoes is LeBron wearing? Oh, what outfit does he got on? Oh, he's got a those Supreme hoodie on. Oh, I have that. Or man, I wish I could get that. Like the NBA is talked about a lot more than these NFL players, Absolutely. and I think Absolutely. the NBA in the next five ten years is going to take over. And this NBA off season, I think it already has, bro. I think it already has. Yeah, I mean, this off season just proved it. I mean, yeah, nobody gives a damn about anything but basketball. <laughs> yeah, I mean, just the information that you can get and all these woes saying, hey, so-and-so is not happy. He's looking to go to Brooklyn. People, this is the crazy part. People, before the season was in, like, full effect, it was, like, almost All-Star Weekend. Kawhi Leonard buys a house in San Diego, where he's from, and everybody's like, oh, my God, 
Kawhi bought a house in San Diego. What does that mean? Is he done in Toronto? Is he really signing with the Lakers? Is he really signing with the Clippers? Oh my God. Oh my God. People are following what these yeah, players like, do like, to, who a does that to a baseball or something. No one pays attention to things like that in any other sport. Not that I would, I've ever seen, man. But And it's crazy. And if we'll get back to Kawhi Leonard at a certain point, but just to sit here and think of how much coverage the NBA has gotten since the finals to now just seems like basketball is a year round sport. And it seems like as soon as summer league is done, then it's, it's it's time for preseason or it's time for camp or it's time for USA basketball. And when it's time for USA basketball, everybody's going to sit here and make new speculations. Oh my God. You see LeBron sitting there talking to Bradley Beal, Bradley Beal's becoming a Laker. Like, it's just going to snowball and snowball and just keep building up. I love it. So, I just got to add, you know, ladies and gentlemen, for you listening, if you love sports, you are going – this is is your episode, trust me, okay? Me and D, we're going to be bringing a lot of NBA uh, content to the T5 Live show. We're very excited about this. Um, and just buckle in because we might be here for quite a, uh, quite a minute. But it's going to be great stuff, I promise you. Um, but, but, D, before we move on and talk about free agency and all that stuff, I just want to kind of add a little bit to what <clears throat> I guess this topic we've already kind of went down about Adam Silver and why the NBA is relevant and things like that uh, are more relevant than the other sports. And it, it, Think about it like this, too. The NBA – is the you know since we are esports people too right we are gamers you know that's, that's what Team Five does da 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 who's the first major sports franchise to adopt esports da 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 the NBA NBA two K league I mean it's just like the well NBA- hold on we can we can argue that with the NFL because the NFL has the Madden League and they have teams that sign okay. players that I represents can- them but it's not as more no, thought out as the NBA league because yeah. almost every single team in the NBA has a team in this 2K league I got a chance to check it out when they're out here in Vegas and that is some top tier stuff yeah. it doesn't get a lot of recognition because it's 2K it's a sports game and they're not a lot of actual basketball fans really watch it just because it's a lot of creative characters and stuff like that but if you get a chance take a look at some of their games because the competitiveness the trash talk the kick game the street where everything the culture from the nba droops down to that league directly and it's freaking amazing to sit there and watch well i you know and i know madden has had its hype and there's you know obviously madden esports been around for a while but see i to me that wasn't really driven by the nfl or the teams themselves more than like the 2k league actually was driven by teams and like that whole this this whole thing's you know it's been centralized to that and i feel like the 2k league obviously has a much you know, bigger platform now. I mean, I could be wrong, but, but nonetheless, I mean, look, the NBA from, from its esports stance, from the culture, from, you know, just letting obviously the players walking in with all the different fashions, you know, these players are looking ridiculous half the time walking into some of these games and they're filming the whole thing. It's live, Um, you know, to, and, and this is something else that I, I think is a key pivotal importance and i'm gonna i'm gonna go back to david stern i'm gonna reference him and this is this 
the NBA, the, the, the brand that it is today, to me, okay, when I really look at the totality of all the stuff that's conspired to why it's so big, it has to do with super teams. You know, even though super teams with to a lot of people have a bad connotation, you know, there's no competition, you know, you're going through the Warriors, the Heat, the, the Celtics, that whole little, you know, the last decade or so, however you want to look at it. Like, I feel like with, you know, Adam Silver, when he took over, because, you know, David Stern, you know, he declined the, what, what was it, the Chris Paul trade? That was supposed to happen to cope to LA and stuff. Yep. Shut that down. But you know, when silver comes like, dude, if David Stern would have been commissioner, golden state would have never happened. Like that's never happening. Hell, I don't know. He wasn't even what he was. Well, okay. So let's, let's, I'm going to pump the brakes here. Okay. There's a, there's a lot of reasons why that, the Chris Paul trade fell through to the Lakers. One, the NBA at the time owned the Hornets. The Hornets were losing attendance. The team was up for sale. The guy who was making the trade was the GM of the New Orleans Saints. Gail Bentz and her husband owned the team. They yeah. put the GM of the New Orleans Saints in charge of that. That trade, and I'm I like the Lakers. I was hoping Chris Paul was going to come, but that trade was very one-sided. The Hornets were just going to get Lamar Odom and a couple of draft picks, and I think it was Pau Gasol or somebody not like not like ooh and aahing about. Like it was, it was a so, terrible. So are you trade. trying to say like the the Pelican or the? It, I mean, they were the New Orleans Hornets. Hornets. At the time, that their GM, like, they just basically were too incompetent to structure. Yeah, and David Stern kind of stepped in and said, dude, what the hell are you doing? And he wanted to sell the team. And what what they ended up doing was taking the Clippers offer because at that time, Eric Gordon, when healthy, was up and coming. And they got a little bit more from it. And turns out that also led to Anthony Davis. It turned out to be okay but we'll get down later on that anthony davis okay well then you know maybe maybe i I took a little bit of context out of him i always thought he was anti-super team um but let me get back to to my point though minus that that reference there so you know i i feel like the you know the nba and its relevance you know going through the miami era the, the you know the golden state era you know which to me are really the if we talk about, you know, I mean, we could mention the Spurs, but I don't even think people really call the Spurs a, like a super team more than they do just like they were a really good team. But, you know, going through these last few eras, even though like, you know, the competition for the most part, it's been pretty you know, small. There's only been a handful of teams that could win the championship. It's, it, you know, when everyone talks in just general society, you know, or even like in a different sport, you know, like when they, when they go, let's just use Golden State for this example, you know, you know, and then there's like you listen to analysts and people talking about the NFL, they're talking about tennis or whatever. And, and you always you would always hear people be like, that's man, they're the golden state of, of this or the golden state of that or whatever. And like just having that and like that constantly being used and talked about to me 
just like uh, subconsciously in people's minds, like kind of just implanted basketball, like to its every extent. Like when in Miami, when Miami was a team, when it was Braun Wade Bosch, everybody was saying like, you know, you would hear those those references like that's the heat, you know, or this is, you know, that's the Miami heat of this or the Miami heat of that, you know. And, you know, I think the super team era now that it's, kind of at this point over, even though I, I still think some of these teams were like pretty damn stacked, but um, you know, it, it used, it, it kind of implemented the talk of basketball into every, every single conversation about just about everything that had to do with sports. Like I felt like, you know, and I think that played a huge role to where we are now, because now that, the, you know, in hence part, there is no golden state, there is no super team. You know, now that over the last decade, basketball has been getting drilled, 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 drilled because of these super teams hitting headline news. Now that it's it's equaled out, now it's more about the stars and the players personally. It's not even I don't even know if it's about the teams anymore. Like people just they they want KD, they want Kawhi, they want Kyrie, LeBron, AD. I mean, it's turning into the players being everything now and and now that they're spaced out and it's equaled out it's just it's like the like i said it's the recipe for just amazing success and dominance over over culture over the youth and just just everything the excitement that comes around basketball because especially now that everything's kind of wide open even now you know there's so many teams that can win it and it's it's, it's just all about the players now um but that's my two cents, though, man, as far as why I think basketball is just taking over. I mean, it's like you said, it's it's like getting there. I think it's already there. I think basketball is by far culturally the most relevant sport today. You know, well, I, don't, I don't think there's another sport that's even close at this point. The NBA takes a lot of the hip hop and a lot of the pop culture, a lot of the hip hop, pop culture, and rules the world. And Pop culture and pop culture rules the world. Hype beast, clothing, music, anything. These players, you see them wearing it. You see them bumping their music. Now with so the age of social media, you can see what these players are doing a lot better than you do with the NFL. And let's let's be real here. NBA players are more personable because you see their face throughout the entire game. NFL, do you see the player's face? No, you see a little bit of it in a helmet. And I feel like that's what makes the NBA a lot different. Now, this free agency was probably the biggest free agency known to man, right? Let's go. KD's hurt, Achilles injury, blown out. Everybody felt everything. Which we thought, you know, we all thought KD was gonna look. I, I personally, D, I'm, I'm, you know, we're jumping right into this guy. You let me know what you think, but I I felt like KD, like obviously before he got hurt, like I, I was confident just with everybody else what they were saying. He was gone. He was going to the next wherever. But I thought he was gonna stay. I thought there was a legit chance he was like re-sign on a short-term deal, and then like come out later. But you know, him going to the Nets, well. Now this is there's a whole story about KD. I'm gonna get to KD here in a second. Okay. okay. The reason why this free agency was so important to that whole NBA and to a lot of these teams is a the team that was gonna win it every year is broken up because Clay Thompson tore his ACL, 
and KD tore his Achilles. Even if Golden State kept them, the West is wide open. Kawhi Leonard just won it in Toronto. You Like we said earlier, a lot of people said he bought a house in San Diego. He doesn't want to be there. He's just there for the year just to get his legs back. If he won a championship, it doesn't change anything, right? All these teams that are one player away, a role player away, felt like they have a, they have a chance this year to go to the finals and win it. You've seen trades, crazy trades, players that you didn't think were going to get traded get traded. Let's be real. And it's all based off of Kevin Durant blowing his Achilles and Klay Thompson's ACL. And this is mind-blowing to me because – yeah, I mean, think about, like, if KD doesn't leave and, like, if Golden State stays intact, does They're not a guarantee. leave the East? Does he leave the East and come to L? I don't know. Maybe he still does. Who knows? But the thing is, is they won't be intact for a year. So the West is still wide open. You have a team like Portland who got to the Western fi- or Western Conference Finals. You have the team like the Rockets who, for the last three years, have battled them and almost got to the finals. And you have an up-and-coming team like the Nuggets. And now, like, Utah is super aggressive this year in free agency. They let Ricky Rubio walk, and they traded for Michael Conley to go alongside with Donovan Mitchell. That's that's a great move, man. Uh, It's just mind-blowing. I mean, like, let's – Let's just go to day one of free agency, July 1st or June 30th, as a lot of people would say. It started real early in the morning, Woj, before the free agency started. Said, KD and Nets were the first one he announced, wasn't it? Uh, it was Kyrie. Kyrie the and then KD. And KD. But for all year long, we were hurting. Oh, Kyrie, KD going to the Knicks. The Knicks traded away Christoph Prozingis, so they had a max slot. They – they said early in the year, we're getting KD and Kyrie. That's it. We're going to give it to them. And after the signing to the Nets, we heard that James Dolan, the incompetent owner of the Knicks, I can't stand that guy for how he runs that organization. He said he was not going to give a max deal Bruh. to Kevin Durant. Bruh. Like, what's wrong? What's wrong with you? If you sign Kevin Durant, you get Kyrie. Like, dude, that's fine. Bro, like, after everything you've done in the Knicks, everything you've said and whatever, (laughs) you signed those two, I was willing to forgive you. (laughs) And then you go down this hole and then say, we weren't going to give him the max because it's a killing? Dude, really? That's just uh that that's just disgusting me. Yeah, Knicks oh. fans, I don't know, y'all lost out huge, man. Let, let, let's AD, let's break down this Nets roster as it stands, right? I got it pulled up right now. Just you know, let's let's give our thoughts on these Nets. Obviously, with their moves, obviously they got, you know, obviously KD's out for the year, so we know we we're not going to see him. Uh, you know, getting DeAndre Jordan in that mix, I think they overpaid grossly for him. I don't like that contract, but I mean, it's a good. I mean, it's a good addition. I just, I think they overpaid a lot for DeAndre. But, um, I uh, let let's be real here. What DeAndre Jordan's not worth that money. He's not worth what they two million something. Forty. It was forty. 
Well, I'm looking at his year or salary. Yeah. Two year. He's like a two year. Yeah, the two year contract, but yeah, that's way too much money for him. But not. Less. I mean, you know, let's 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 break down the roster. They got Kyrie, DeAndre, um, obviously Jared. I mean, there's Jared Allen, Spencer Dimwitty, uh, who else? Polish Jefferson, small forward. I'm looking at some of these So uh, the starting lineup is projected to be this with KD being out. It's gonna be Kyrie Irving. Carlos or careless avert, Joe Harris, Terion Prince, and it's either going to be Jared Allen or or um, DeAndre Jordan. Who would you start at the five? Honestly, I would start Jared Allen just because he's a lot younger, and I feel like he will be the more long term fit. Can Jared shoot? I don't know. I don't know. I don't know much about Jared. Him. Jared Allen is more of a defensive five. He's like a more athletic version of DeAndre Jordan right now. Oh, okay. So basically, so I was thinking, well, maybe we can, you know, you could put him in a four if he could shoot, but I guess not. So the Nets, they made the playoffs last year with D'Angelo Russell without Kyrie Irving or without a player like Kevin Durant. Spencer Dinwiddie, he's. He's been a player that's been great for them to come off the bench. I they just traded for also Terion Prince. Terion Prince is a good young small forward. He's a three and D guy, which a lot of teams would drool over. Careless Avert coming back in in this year from that horrific ankle injury, and then coming back and finishing the year strong too. That that just blows my mind that he was able to do that. So. Let's be real here. After Golden State loses Kevin Durant, they panic and sign the next best thing that they thought, and that was D'Angelo Russell. All right, we're moving on to Golden State now. Let's get it. With, With this, I am so, so, so upset with this because as the Lakers I told Pharaoh this me and him will get in this huge argument right now I told them if you're the Lakers you say fuck Kawhi Leonard you go out and sign D'Angelo Russell and you go out and sign Danny Green but everybody's like oh no you're gonna get Kawhi Kawhi wants to come to LA well he did come to LA but for the wrong team so Rob Palenka made the right call. It, he Kawhi Leonard is worth the wait. And we he came down to the wire. We, now we didn't realize that the reason he was stalling was so that Jerry West could try to work out the trade move with Paul George. We later found out that's the real reason it was stalling, and we didn't know that. But I, I honestly though, like if I was if I was Rob Palenka, I, I wouldn't have done that any differently. I felt like he did the best he could with it. And everybody would have been pissed as an mo effort, and I, including me, had he not waited for Kawhi, and we would have went straight out and started signing people. So, but that, that we're going to get into the Lakers a little bit later. But but let's. I mean, D D D D Lo to Golden State. I mean, I'm looking at this projected starting lineup. They've got Steph at the one, D Lo at two. Well. McKinney, I guess, playing the three because Clay ain't playing because, you know, he's hurt. Then you got Dre and then Kavon Looney at five. 
Um, they also lose. Um, they also lose Quinn Cook to the Lakers. He they let him go. Amazing. They also also Golden State traded Andrew Iguodala to the Grizzlies. And what a bombshell that Andrew Iguodala dropped on the Breakfast Club. Holy cow! So for you guys that don't know, Iguodala went on the Breakfast Club. And this was a couple days before he got traded or a week before he got traded. And he went on there and slammed Golden State's medical staff. He pretty much went on there and said they would tell the media something else. He's like, I broke my foot. And in the media, I would see it as a left foot strain, not a, le- not a fractured foot. But I'll still go out there and play because the media will sit here and hound me and say, oh, Andrew Iguodala is a wimp. He could still play, da-da-da-da-da, and he felt obligated to play. And he threw Golden State's medical staff under the bus there. Mm -hmm. And I felt like that was one of the reasons why he got traded, but also I feel like he got traded because he's not the same person no more, and quite frankly, that showed in the finals, and Golden State needs a more reliable score. That's part of the reason why they got rid of Harrison Barnes and brought in KD. Yeah. Well, D, how are you feeling about Golden State this year, man? I mean, obviously we know with, without Clay, I mean, Steph and D'Lo ain't playing no defense. I don't, I mean, aside from Dre, you really, I mean, defensively, I think Golden State's by far going to be one of the worst teams. Um, I, I, here's the problem. Mm-hmm. Golden State plays this so this tempo game where it's so fast paced, they push the pressure. And normally when you push the pressure, teams turn over the ball. And I feel like Clay or Stephen Curry, since he's been in the league, he's always been in the top 10 of steals or actually it was top five or top 10 in steals. He's always in that Draymond green with his defensive presence. I feel like Draymond green won't let that team go down that way. And I don't know. They have just with adding D'Angelo Russell. I feel like D'Lo's this a court player. He's not D'Lo doesn't. I've never. I don't think D'Lo's like the clay type. He's not just sprinting up and down the court. Like no, he, but D'Angelo Russell is a guy that can alleviate pressure off of Stephen Curry. He can create his own shot. He can get people to get their shots. And without Golden State last year, or without Kevin Durant in the finals, we saw the only person that could create a shot out there was Stephen Curry. Klay Thompson can't really create a shot. Uh, Draymond can't really create a shot. He can't create his own shot, and D'Lo can, and that's what Golden State that's was missing. That's true. It's just that's not the Steve Kerr offense. It's not the Steve Kerr offense, but it's a project. And if anybody can figure it out, I feel like it would be Steve Kerr. I don't think Golden State's winning the Western Conference or getting the first seed. I see them dropping off this year, and in the next year, I feel like they'll either move on from D'Angelo Russell. Golden State. If he is a renounced free agent or re- re- he was a restricted free agent, and the Nets renounced his right and did, pretty much did a sign and trade with Golden State. D'Lo can't get traded for the year. He can't. Right, so right. he's so stuck up you, there. Let me ask you something. What? So do you, do you, this is two questions I'm going to ask you. First one, you know, now an ACL injury for Clay. he, you know, six to eight months with good high-level doctors, he should be back. Um, I mean, so there, I mean, there's a very good likely he he will be able to he'll be eligible to play before the end of the year, before playoffs. 
Do you think Golden State even brings him back? I guess it's going to be predicated on where they're where they stand at the in, in the standings at that point. But and and if they do, if they do bring Clay back, actually it's three questions. Do you think Clay is you know is he going to be pretty pretty average? You think he he'll still be able to play like he was? And then like where does that put Golden State? Where does a Steph D'Lo Clay at Close to full capacity, health-wise, where does that lay out for Golden State? And where, where, do, where, do, where do you think they where, – where do they go with that team healthy and, and full so, From what I've gotten from everybody and all these podcasts, Clay's not coming back until after All-Star or before All-Star. And if I'm Golden State and I've in Golden State's head – I think they'll bring him back like how when Paul George came back from his horrific leg injury, they'll play him at the end of the year, play him in minutes to get his legs right, to get the flow back so he doesn't end up like uh, Gordon Haywood from the Celtics who looked like a shell. And you can see that he didn't want to try to test his leg at the beginning of the year and stuff like that. I feel like they'll ease Clay into it. I really feel like Golden State already feels like this year, like if they get to the playoffs it will be good if they get far in the playoffs i feel like then maybe clay will get more minutes but i feel like they're going to ease them into it i don't want i don't think they're going to try to push it the limit after everything that's came out with kd and iguodala i feel like they're going to take this one slow. And, and let's also put things to perspective as well like you know an acl is is definitely serious but like you know an acl you can come – I mean, I've, I've personally tore my ACL. And, and obviously Same here. <laughs> I've, like, I, I, and I haven't experienced an Achilles tear. I haven't experienced a complete break of, of my fibula or tibula where the shin just completely snapped. Like I have, we haven't experienced things on that perspective. An ACL is serious, but an ACL can, in my opinion, compared to an Achilles, compared to other things – can be more easily overcome through proper rehab and training. If you really strengthen up those core muscles really, really well, and obviously they're going to come in, they're going to you know put a new graft in there, you, you can come back from an ACL and still pretty much be the same dude. Um, whereas like, I would, I would think like an Achilles, for example, is a whole nother beast because that's, a, that's just one tendon there you know what i'm saying and, and like it's attached to that muscles so i don't know i'm not a doctor i don't pretend to be but um but nonetheless like i you know like i said i think clay coming back i'm just curious you know do, do they put him at the three i mean what does that starting five look like with clay is it steph d clay i mean I, he, I, he play the three. I think he could play the three he can guard a three but the thing is is do they want to put that wear and tear on him because for if he does guard a three, he's going to be smaller and out. They'll outweigh him. So does Golden State want to put that wear and tear on Clay? That's the that's the big thing. I don't know. I would I want to wait to see what more things come out and wait a free agency in camp and preseason before like I make that judgment call. Okay. But that is, it's going to be interesting. Now we talked about. So do you think? Golden State, or let me rephrase this question, my bad. Between the Boston Celtics and Golden State, who has had the worst free agent depart departures? 
Like what teams gotten the worst? Is that what you're trying yeah, to Yeah, like which free agency what who took the biggest L? The Celtics or Golden State? Between these two, um I mean uh Celtics. Losing, I have, lo, lo, losing Horford for Boston, it, that that's nowhere near the same team because Horford was so val. I mean, look, KD was very very valuable to Golden State, but at the end of the day, Golden State was still a powerhouse with Steph, Clay, Dre with depth before KD even joined. But Boston without Horford changes the dynamics in its entirety. They don't have the stretch five no more. Or not, not like Horford, of course. I mean, I'm, I'm sure that I don't know if Baines, or whoever, I don't know who they still got that can shoot a three. But, but Horford was, he's, he's a beast. Okay, he's, he's there for a reason. Um, but without Horford, I, I think, yeah, obviously Kyrie, and I don't put too much weight on Kyrie on that Boston team. To be quite frank, I mean, I'll be honest, I felt like Terry Rozier running that Boston team would be a better Boston team. Uh, but still, like losing Kyrie hurts, but losing Horford. Just that that really put Boston back, in my opinion. So I'd say Boston. I have to agree with you on that. The risk of trading the draft picks and Isaiah Thomas and your kind of your reputation for Kyrie Irving and then for him to kind of ruin your young court with Tatum and Jalen Brown and everybody, it kind of sucked. And then losing your leader in the locker room, Al Horford, is probably the biggest blow. I mean, it's going to be tougher for them to recover because they bring in Kimba Walker. and Bro, I still think Boston has a better year this year than they did last year. I bet. I, 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 I have to agree with you on that one. But the biggest thing is, is who's going to be the leader of that locker room. And Al Horford is one of those glue guys that you bring in and just kind of like meshes well with everybody to – is a good mentor to the young guys. I mean, look what happened when Kyrie and Gordon Hayward went out. The Celtics went to the Eastern Conference Finals and took LeBron to a Game 7 to go to the Finals. And they almost won that game. Yeah. I, so, think, I think Kemba's going to deliver. I mean, look, Kemba's the veteran. He's Yeah, he hasn't won a championship or anything. But Kemba... Has always played at a high level. He's he's veteran. He's you know he, he he's a veteran guy in this league. I, I think he's going to be a great addition without the ego of Kyrie. You know, we all know how Kyrie's ego is. Um, but you know Kemba's going to bring that leadership without the ego. And just because of that, I think that that's going to be enough for this Boston team to really click. I think they're going to move the ball really well. I think they're going to play good Boston basketball like we've seen. Before, you know when when it was Terry. You know without. Kyrie playing when he was hurt that year. Um, and and I, I do think Boston's going to have a decent year this year. I think even without Horford, even though that hurts a lot, um, I, I think they can, they can recuperate from that because I think the team chemistry alone without having Kyrie's ego in that mix is going to be so drastically improved that Jalen's going to play better. I think um, – I can't remember my boy's name. What's my boy's name? The, the, uh, Tatum? Tatum, yeah, 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 Tatum. I went blank there in the head. Uh, yeah, I think they're going to play. I think they're going to improve drastically this year. That's my predictions with Boston. So let's let's kind of pivot here. So Terry Rozier goes to Charlotte, signs a contract with them, places Kimba. They're God still going to be the same. Terry Rozier, brother. God bless. 
he's gonna he's gonna be in the same boat as Kimba Walker. If not, he's gonna be. They're gonna have less wins this year. So we'll write that off. They're not worth talking about. Let's talk about the new look 76ers with one of their biggest additions and Al Horford. So That's the 76ers this year in free agency lost JJ Redick, lost Bobanovich and TJ McCollum. They go out, re-sign Tobias Harris to a max. They go out and get Al Horford, which I think is a good pickup for them. And they lose Jimmy Butler, and they do a sign-and-trade deal with the Miami Heat and bring in Josh Richardson, who's a, a sniper. I mean, talk about who. Bro, and I that's love what they were missing. I love seven. Because, see, Josh Richardson, unlike J.J. Redick, you're, you're still getting the three-point shooting, but you're getting height. You're getting some some type of defensive length capabilities because, I mean, God forbid J.J. Redick ain't worth the flip on defense. Yeah. But, I mean, literally, this is a – I mean, that that front that, – that's one – I mean, that's that's a one that's of the best a, front courts in the league, dude. I mean, guys – Harris, you put Horford at the four. I mean, Embiid, I mean, if Ben Simmons can remotely come to play this year and improve and if he can average, I don't know – Hell, imagine if Ben Simmons averaged like 18, 15, you know, I just, I, I, that, this 76, this is my favorite team to come out of the West. If only if Ben Simmons can actually play consistently, if Ben Simmons plays consistently with this lineup, the 76ers are coming out of the East. They're beating Milwaukee in the, in let's, the conference. Finals. Let's put it this way. That whole lineup, that starting lineup is six, six and above. Ben Simmons will be running the point guard. He's 6'10". Josh Richardson's 6'6". Tobias Harris is 6'9". Al Horford is, I want to say he's 6'10". And Ben er, and Joel Embiid is 7 feet. And the one thing is, it's got a lot of basketball people, a lot of basketball fans who follow the league and follow a lot of players. Al Horford, his whole career, has been playing out of position at center. Now, he's been dominating as a center. But now imagine him transitioning back to his native position at power forward. I feel like he's going to have a great year. He might win most improved player of the year. He could be a candidate. But that guy right there is going to bring the leadership into the locker room with Joel Embiid and Ben Simmons and kind of straighten that out and kind of get some of these younger guys that they drafted and signed in free agency and kind of bring the morale up of the team because. That's one guy that will bring it every night. Yeah, this, you know, look, I mean, and Horford already is enough for most most teams to deal with at a five. I mean, d- dealing with Horford at a four in the post, even with Embiid, that that's just nasty in itself. I mean, yeah, and like, and you got two great passers now with Ben Simmons. And Al Horford. And Al Horford can direct your offense a little bit. He can play inside out. He can hit the three. He can pretty much hit any shot this, on the court. This it's, Sixers team, and like I said, it is serious, but the Achilles heel is Ben Simmons. Ben Simmons can be a consistent player, be that all-star looking type of Ben Simmons we've seen, then this team is legit. Like this is this is a contender for the title, no doubt. I think the only other issue with 76ers is we get in the depth. Um, 
you know, I mean, yeah. starting five, you really don't have a ton. And obviously they're like one or two injuries away from being a subpar team. I mean, cause I don't know, like if MB goes down is, you know, MB tends to get hurt a lot. I mean, you're moving Horford to the five. I mean, that's still a pretty nasty starting five, but um, it's just, like I said, I think rotations and depth are really going to, you know, be an issue for 76ers um, this year. But so, Let's move on to the next team because the 76ers are definitely. I mean, we're in the East, bro. Let's just go ahead and bring up Milwaukee. Let's just talk. Oh, about oh, hold on. Oh, I got this. I got this. I got this. Let's talk about Jimmy Butler getting a sign and trade deal right. from Miami. All right. Let's go. So Jimmy Butler said, goodbye, 76ers. Even though you traded for me, deuces, I'm out of here. I'm going to Miami. Pat Riley pulls it off. And from rumors, from rumors, they are interested in Russell Westbrook. Mm, you know how I they feel. got. Yeah, I know how you feel about Russell Westbrook. A lot. I kind of feel the same way. But for a Miami team that's been kind of boring for the last couple of years and uh, post LeBron era, like they haven't really done much. I feel. I see it. I feel like this is a move that they would make. They got rid of Asim Whiteside. I would have got rid of him too after what Joel Embiid did to him. Like that was straight up embarrassing. Like Embiid pretty much publicly and on the court made it known that Hassan Whiteside is pretty much his, uh, uh, what's the best way to word this is, uh, his dog. (laughs) Like, he can't do nothing against them, and he's proven it. I mean, right now the Heat are a little bit better. They got a star in Jimmy Butler, but other than that, like I don't see them doing much after well, that. Here's the thing: look, I mean, if we're since we're speaking hypothetically here, and we're saying what if, you know, what if Russ goes to the Heat? I mean, they, you know, they've got a little bit of depth, I think. Um, I mean, because look, you got Goran, you got Dion still. I mean, you got. Well, what do you give up to get Russell Westbrook? Because yeah, you know, Goran, Goran's going to be gone. I mean, it's it's going to be very that's interesting. Russ still, anyway. I mean, four years. What did they have? Like four years, 170? Yeah, no, when he's 34, he's going to be owed $47 million. No way, bro. Am I even touching that contract, bro? But Yeah. I mean, look, this Heat team alone with Jimmy Butler, I mean, yeah, it's a little something-something. But, you know, the Heat are still going to be the Heat, unfortunately. So, so now – Changer. We're moving on to Milwaukee. Milwaukee, earlier in the year, re-signed Eric Bledsoe yeah, nice. to a big deal. Giannis, he's back. They got the deal done with Chris Middleton, paid him the max. They brought in Robin Lopez and Brooke Lopez, the Lopez brother, Lopez brothers. They lose Malcolm Brogdon to the Pacers. That sucked. And I feel like that's what's going to hurt this team. And I feel like the year for the Bucks to win it was going to be this past year because after this, Giannis is a free agent, and we all know that they have to pay him the max, and they have to put a winning team around him. And I feel like if they don't put a winning team around him, I feel like a team that has people around them, that has young guys, that has 
assets and stuff. We'll be like, hey, Giannis, we'll, we'll pay you, you the max. We'll help. Are you still there, buddy? There you are. Yeah, I'm still here. Okay. I feel uh, like I feel like. Uh, what did I? Where I get cut out at? It just it was just for a minute. Um, just you're you're fine. Go ahead. Uh, I just feel like the Bucks are just in a very interesting spot. I feel like if the Bucks don't go to the finals, they might lose Giannis. Is is Giannis's contract up after this year? I think it's this year or next year. But they have. They have to do some building around him. They kind of lost some of their depth on their bench this year. God, and that's talk of next year, bro. <laughs> yeah, pretty much. It's already started. Oh, God. Um, yeah, that would be interesting. Um, but, no, you know, my thoughts on this Milwaukee team, um, obviously George Hill played out of his mind last year. I don't know if we'll – you know, can George Hill do that again? I don't know. That's questionable. Uh, I mean, E Bled, E Bled, Eric Bled, so I just call him E Bled. Um, you know, he, he he improved pretty well. I like him. I mean, Chris Middleton's a beast. I love Chris Middleton. Giannis, obviously, Brooke Lopez showed us that, like, this dude can still ball uh, and that he's a really good stretch five to have. I mean, having Robin Lopez added a little bit of depth there. I mean, even though Robin's not Brooke Lopez, of course. Uh, I just, you know, Milwaukee's pretty much the same running back type team, just with little depth. I, you know, I still think Giannis's greatness is going to get them to the finals, uh, not to the NBA finals, I don't think, but I think it gets into the Eastern Conference finals where they will meet uh, 76ers. I don't think they'll have enough to get there, but just because of Giannis alone, you still got you still got shooters. You know, Milwaukee's going to be all right. I mean, they're going to they're going to ball out, so I'm not too too worried about that. But. So, speaking of Mal, uh, Mal, uh, Brogdon, we he he signed a deal with the Indiana Pacers. The Indiana Pacers add Wesley Matthews, Jeremy Lamb, and T.J. Warren to their team. They lose Bogdanovich, which is That's a big huge. blow to them. But they make up for it by getting Brogdon, in my opinion, another guy that's going to take the workload off of Victor Oladipo, who's coming off of a gruesome leg injury. So I I he see balling before all that, dude. He was balling. He was. He was in the talks of most improved player. I mean, he proved that that that's what he needed was a team that could believe in him. And you got to remember he was traded for Paul George and everybody was clowning them saying, Oh, what is Indiana getting with Victor? Victor isn't this Victor isn't that. And he sure as hell proved that he's worth all of that. And maybe then some. Yeah. Um, I mean, I, I like pairing Malcolm with Victor. I think that's going to be really, really good. I think Indiana now has a little bit of depth in the guards. Um, obviously, TJ Warren's going to be really good for them at the three. Um, I, I mean, this Pacer team, I, you know, losing Bogdanovich, you know, that, that was a killer. Now, if they could have kept Bogdanovich and added Malcolm, this team, we'd be talking about this team pretty seriously, I think. But. Um, you know, I think the Pacers are still, I don't know, I can't say they're a little bit better than they were, but, you know, I think they're going to be about the same as they were last year, you know. Well, now 
Let's go ahead and talk about Bogdanovich's new team with the new look Utah Jazz. They lose. They lose. They lose Ricky Rubio and Crowder because they traded Crowder. They let Ricky Rubio go in free agency. They bring over Michael Conley, Bogdanovich, and Donovan Mitchell. So their starting lineup is going to be Mitchell or Conley, Mitchell, Joe Ingles, or Bogdanovich, either at Either forward spot and Rudy Goldberg, the two, the defending champion of the defensive player of the year. That's going to be a team to watch out for. And talking about super teams, I feel like this year in the NBA, there's a lot of duos. You don't see the three-headed monsters anymore. You see more duos. And one of the duos now is Michael Conley and Donovan Mitchell. I feel like that's hey, gonna be respect Rudy Gobert. That man better be in that talk now. Uh, he's, big. he's big time now, dude. He's, he's big. big time, but a, look, Conley. I like. I don't think Conley. You. I don't think you put Conley in a big three discussion. But I think. I think it's. I think Utah's always had a big two. They've had Mitchell and Rudy Gobert, and that's why they've even been formidable to begin with. But you're adding Mike Conley and Bogdanovich to that mix, both very, very good players in their respective. Like, that just, that just intensifies everything, man. And, I mean, I don't know. Like, there, there's threats everywhere. But this Utah team, guys, I mean, with Mike – I mean, God, get rid of Ricky Rubio. Get Mike Conley in there who can stretch the floor. He can – I mean, he's going to open it up for Donovan um, and Boban, uh, Bojan, I don't even know how you say his first name, but Bojan Bogdanovich. Bojan Bogdanovich, man. We all know from Indiana last year, the man can close, he can ball. Um, Ed Davis, you know, Ed Davis, whatever, but their four is kind of irrelevant right now. <laughs> or, um, you know, but I mean, Rudy Gobert is Rudy Gobert. He, he can, he's probably one of, if not the best rim protector in the league. Um, I mean, this team, is, is going to be serious in, in, in the West. I mean, where, Dave, where do you got Utah in the West right now? I'm just curious. What do you got them? What number? I have them. So the playoff seating goes one through eight. I have them either one through four right now. If, and just give me, give us a number, man. I mean, where, you know, do you got them at two, three, four? Where do you got them? Man? Uh, they could, like I said, they could be anywhere from the one to the four right now. Like, you, my biggest thing is, is I normally wait till preseason to see how some of these guys mesh because sometimes some of these free agent moves don't work out and some players don't like their role and then they demand a trade and the team doesn't work out well. So I, I always give it the range. I see them in between one and four right now, just because after like with losing Crowder and losing Ricky Rubio, they kind of lose a defensive edge. Bogdanovich isn't the best defender. Michael Conley isn't known for his defense. They're kind of undersized at the point guard and shooting guard position. I mean, Mitchell's 6'3", Conley 6'1". So it's it's very tough to see how they're going to do defensively. Just so everyone knows, I got them at my four right now. Looking on paper, on paper, I got them at four. I got them at four. Okay, okay. So – Moving on from moving on from the Jazz, we'll go over to the Denver Nuggets. The Denver Nuggets draft Bow Ball. They keep Paul Millsap. They lose Trey Lyle, or Trey Lyles, and they sign Jamal Murray to the 
they extended him. They gave him the max. They give back Michael Porter Jr. this year, their number one draft pick from last year. And Isaiah Thomas signs with the Wizards. They got ball ball too, man. Yeah, and the Nuggets added some depth. Nuggets have depth, guys. If we The first thing that comes to my mind when you speak Denver, it's depth, man. They've got depth, and that's going to play huge throughout the season. I think going into the playoffs, I mean, I, Murray can ball. We know that. Jokic, I, look, you know, Jokic is a baller. Don't get me wrong, I think. Uh, you know, Jokic, at, when, when we when we talk top-tier competition, I – you know, I, I still don't think Denver is going to be and have enough to get over the hump. But I mean, they're going to be like super nasty. Like, I have Denver being the first seed in the West. Okay, I'm going to agree with that only because L, the LA teams are going to do their uh, they're going to do their load management. So we're not going to see. Well, now the Nuggets team. were second this year behind Golden State. So. I've got, dude, I've got Denver. I, I've got Denver at five. And and here's my thing. I'm not and guys, my list right now, I'm not predicting like where we're gonna finish seeding wise throughout like who's gonna have the best record. I'm saying who I think is the best team. That's all that's that's what I'm I just want to clarify that for you. Okay, like, okay. I'm just saying who I think is the best team on paper, not, not Oh, paper. so when you asked me about the Jazz, were you yeah, yeah, asking me for one of your four? Oh, on paper wise, okay, I see them honestly as the seventh or eighth team in the league. That no, I'm talking about the like the West, bro. The West. Oh, the West. Oh, I have them as I have them as three or four, three or four. Okay, okay, yeah, I got, I got. I have, I have the Nuggets at one. You have to give them their respect. I mean, I, number one in the Western Conference, and it's as the, the record, paper. you're saying. Denver's oh, best team on paper. Uh, I'm saying the best team on paper, bro. Not not who's gonna have the best. Uh, I still have to say the Nuggets. I mean, look, <laughs> as an overall, as an overall team, as an overall team, bro, they they have the most well built team around them right now. I can't uh, do it. You go ahead. I mean, the Nuggets on the and the Western Conference, they probably have maybe the best team. You're telling all around team. You're telling me that the Denver Nuggets are better than the LA Clippers or the Los Angeles Lakers as it exists right now. You're telling me. Hold on. Whoa, 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 whoa. You got to let me defend myself when it comes down to that. From from what we've seen, we haven't seen Paul George and Kawhi Leonard play together. We haven't seen Patrick Beverly and Miles Harold and Lou Williams play with Kawhi Leonard or Paul George. Mm. So we don't know what that team is going to be like. On paper-wise, we can sit here and say, fuck, that's going to be a great team. They're going to get along. They're going to do this, that, and the next thing. We don't know. Same thing with the Lakers. You add Boogie Cousins. Like, it, we'll get, I'll save my point for, that, for them when I get to it. But as from what I've seen from last year, and if the Nuggets make that growth and Michael Porter Jr. is any good as everybody is the hype is giving them, and Bao Bao can come off the bench and give Nikolai Nusevich good breaks, the Nuggets are up there. I mean, they're up there. But they're, uh, to me, if, they, if, Porter, if Porter Jr. and Bao Bao can 
come off the bench or start or do what they can do to help the Nuggets starting team, I think the Nuggets I are a top Michael team. Porter Jr. is over, overrated. Well, I kind of feel the same way, but I got to give him his due diligence because, you know, most players who sit a year from their rookie year do a lot better. We'll see. I mean, we'll see. We'll see. Hey, listen, we're going to get to the good stuff here in just a little bit. Before we do that, though, are we missing anybody? I mean, um, Portland made a whole bunch of trades this year. I mean, Portland at went out and traded, got Kent Bazemore. They kept Ronnie Hood. They signed Mario Hazonias. They let Anus Cantor go to the Celtics. I forgot he went there. And they traded for Hassan Whiteside in the meantime while Nurk is coming back from a knee injury. Let's let's break down this Portland roster. Um, you know, because, I mean, everyone's still talking about Portland, you know, which I think they're still irrelevant. But, you know, I think – I mean, Portland adding Whiteside defensively was huge. They, they still got uh, Yusuf Nur- Nurik, right? Yes, but he's coming back from a, a horrific uh, well, leg injury. They got way better at the five adding Hassan. So I really like that play. I mean, Zach Collins. I, I like Zach Collins. Um, Kemp Bazemore. I mean, and obviously they've got – you know, CJ and D Lil, which we know is two, you know, one of the best two, you know, backcourts in the game. Um, I mean, I, I think this Portland team got a little bit better, dude. I don't know what you think. I think they got better. Uh, I, I think they got better in some areas, but this in other areas they suffer. Oh, I forgot to mention, too, the Nuggets traded for Jeremiah Grant today. So that's another depth that they added at power forward. I'm, look, I still ain't saying Nuggets are, you know, up to the Nuggets. I don't know. that. That's – ooh, that's – Yeah. I forgot about that. Ooh. Now, since, oh. since we're on the topic of trades and that's everything, nice. let's talk about OKC. Let's they talk suck. about them. They suck. They're irrelevant. So, well, they fall out – I feel like this year they fall out of the playoffs if they don't keep Russ. They're – They've already traded Paul George. They already traded Jeremiah Grant. They got a record amount of first-round draft picks from the Clippers. I think it was like seven first-round draft picks, a whole bunch of pick swaps, a whole bunch of protections, unprotected, all that good stuff they got. They also get Daniel Gallinari, and they get a young point guard in Sean Gilchrist, who actually could be a good point guard in this league. I mean, he played well for for the Clippers last year, but we have to see what he does on a team that isn't really his style, I guess you can say, with the coach. Because, you know, his style of play fit right in with Doc Rivers. Now, Pharaoh, let's get down. Oh, no, 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 D.D., we're forgetting something. We're forgetting. Let's talk about these Pelicans for a minute, man. Well, I was going to get to the Pelicans here. Oh, that, 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 that's where I was going to. So I, I if we're talking about record cherries here, we're going to start what kicked off the arms race between the between the LA teams. Let's talk about these mm-hmm. Pelicans. So, I'm before free agency started, the Lakers traded Lonzo Ball, Josh Hart, and Brandon Ingram, and a whole bunch of draft picks. And a they couple other players that. to other teams. I like this. Pelicans. The Pelicans team. I like it, bro. So, 
I'm going to drop a huge bomb on everybody. You can hate me. You guys can hold me to it. But this is just me. After watching Zion play on Friday in person, (laughs) the dude is most likely going to be another athletic guy who dominated college and it doesn't translate to the NBA. He looked lost. He is definitely going to struggle guarding any power forward or small forward in the league. Kevin Knox, a big small forward who's just a young player, who's probably just a role player, not going to be anything more than that, got dominated by him in the first half of the game. And every jump shot that Zion took, he missed. But every dunk he took, he made. I don't think Zion's going to be the next LeBron. I don't think he's going to be any of that. I feel like he's going to be Blake Griffin his first couple years with the Clippers where it's just throw him a lob. He's going to dunk on you. That's I like it. that. That's a good comparison, actually. I, I like that a lot. I, I agree with you. Um, you know, he's definitely not LeBron James by any means of the imagination. But, I mean, athletically, he's going to be a massive problem for any team. Um, and, and I, you know, his explosion, I, I think, you know, the way he can, he can run off. I mean, he, he, he's going to be an issue no matter what, but I, I, I do agree. I think, um, Zion, at least for, for, until he develops that shot, he's got to get that shot down, um, and really be able to space more, but you know, he's, I, I won't go to say and say like he's going to be like really overhyped or nothing because you know we still can see how good he is. But I don't know. I'm, I'm kind of in that same boat with you. But I mean, I'm just looking at this roster, dude. You got Drew Holiday, JJ Redick, Ingram, Zion, Jalil. I mean, if that's your starting five, you got Lonzo. Oh, Josh Hart. starting center will be Derek Favors. Jalil will come off the bench. Oh, okay. I don't even see him on the updated roster, but. Um, but I mean, like they've got some depth. I mean, you know, they don't, I don't think they've got that one star that's going to carry them, but I mean, this, this little, this team will make a little noise. I think, man, each one more, you got in Clark. Um, I don't know. I like, I like this. It's, it's a good start for, uh, David Griffin, the GM of the New Orleans Pelicans to get this rebuild going. And if now, if, if, you know, at some point, maybe not this year, but, if he can get a big superstar to put next to Zion, now that you know, and still try to retain some of this depth. I mean, he's got a lot of assets right now. I mean, well, the I one be thing is, if the Pelicans well, don't try to make some type of move, man. Well, the big thing is, is and this is how I look at it. Yeah, you got all those draft picks from the Lakers for, for the future on, but you got to look at it for the next three years. Those draft picks are going to be in the high 20s high or in the 30s. So, like, I don't think they're going to necessarily get anybody in the next three to four years from the Lakers. If anything, it will be after LeBron leaves to go play with this kid. But besides that, I see AD staying there on the Lakers. Don't make if Giannis, if that becomes an option, I guarantee you. And it's one of those things. If the Lakers have to, I feel like the Lakers might make a trade to try to get D'Angelo Russell if he becomes available in a year or two. Because I feel like that's the play what Golden State is doing: is they lose an asset, they bring back a younger asset, 
and develop them in their system, make them more of a refined player, and then get rid of them to get another superstar. That's what I think. I'm not 100% sure. That's what a lot of people have been reporting and feeling of what the Warriors are doing with that. But the the Pelicans are a team that you got to watch out for. The problem is, is if Brandon Ingram can stay healthy and Lonzo Ball and Zion Williams. Zion is out of the summer league with a knee, knee sprain. Lonzo has history of bad ankles and knees. Brandon Ingram has blood clots. So those are things that you got to look forward to because the injuries to either one of those guys could be detrimental to that team. Yeah, no doubt. Well, and, and guys, I know everyone, if you're like us, we're, we're, you know, we're getting ready to get into the whole L.A. talk in just a minute. But I think we'd be doing a, a huge disrespect to our defending NBA champions, Toronto Raptors, if we don't at least mention them, talk about them for just a minute here. Um, obviously, they lost Kawhi Leonard. So, you know, they're not a title favorite by any means. But, um, you know, when you look at this team, Kyle Lowry, Fred Van Fleet, Norman Powell, they, they picked up Patrick McCall. Or I think he was already no, he was already on that team. I'm sorry. He um, just resigned actually today for a two year. You know, OG Ananobi, Pascal. Look, I think Pascal is going to really shine this year. I think you know we saw his potential last year. Uh, he's really going to come out and ball this year. I mean, they look. That's still a nasty five. I mean, you got Serge who can play the five or the four. You still got Marcus Saul. Um, I mean. You know, for the most part, Jody Meeks, like, this is still a decent Toronto team. I don't know how you feel about it, D. I think they're, they're going to make a little bit of noise in the East, but ultimately, you know, they'll end up falling. To, I mean, but I, I still, I mean, even over in Boston, I kind of got Toronto and Boston right now kind of close if Pascal really comes out and shows us he can dominate, man. I mean, but, you know, we know they're not going to beat Milwaukee or um, – or the 76ers. But how do you feel about these Raptors, man? Who's going to replace Kawhi Leonard's scoring? Um, Ask, and that's the biggest question I have. And the big thing is, is we've seen Kyle Lowry as a major ball handler all those years with DeMar DeRozan. He's a great regular season player, but when it comes to playoff games and the ball is either in his hands or DeRozan's hands, it's not too good for you. He balled out this this year. Because the ball wasn't in his hands mostly. It was I had Kawhi Leonard's or Van Vliet, baby. It's Woo! all predicated on Pascal. If Pascal's averaging like 20-plus, then okay. They, they'll be some. But it, it, to me, it's it's going to be centered around Pascal, man. He's He's got to be their, their spearhead of this offense. So. Well, Farrell, I'm done it's talking about – I'm done beating around the bush. I'm it's ready to get in this debate with you right now. All right, who are we starting on first? I just got to know. Are we starting? Let's start off with the team who made the news first. The team that made the news first was the Lakers. Um. So, for you guys that don't know, the Lakers did trade to get Anthony Davis. They lost Lonzo. They lost a lot of players. Okay. As of July 6th, they signed Quint Cook. Marcus Cousins, Jared Dudley, Dan oh, well, they signed Quinn Cook, DeMarcus Cousins, and Danny Green, like, instantly. And JaVale McGee, like, right off the bat. As soon as the AD stuff dropped, they all signed. 
Danny Green went on Twitter, made a huge announcement saying, hey, thanks for supporting the podcast. I'm going to be taking my talents to L.A. for the Lakers, which I'm freaking excited for. So that was the big guy in free agency the Lakers really needed to get if they didn't get or if they got Kawhi or didn't get Kawhi. That was one of the big guys that I felt like the Lakers needed to get. They went out and got Quinn Cook. I feel like them getting Quinn Cook was a good thing. Depth. That adds depth. It also gives them shooting. Troy Troy Daniels, he was a I want to say a forty percent three point shooter this year or a high percentage three point shooter. About him, so I was just hoping and praying he's a good player. (laughs) He's a good three point shooter. They add another veteran in Jared Dudley, who's a good locker room guy. I feel like he's going to play more the Channing Fry role. Reminds me of like an R.J. Jefferson type. Yeah, Richard Jefferson. They also bring back Rondo, which I'm not a huge fan of. Well, you know, but I do. Hold on, let me let me chime in right here. You know. Rondo, with you know, since him and AD, they've they've had a little bit of history being able to run together, and and now even adding Boogie to the mix, I I, I think that's gonna be a, even though it's not you know, like it's not like a great thing, but like I think it's it's gonna be better than what it was because he's already I, the chemistry with him. So I look at stats. I'm kind of a little bit of an analytical nerd. With Rondo and LeBron on the court, they were never. In the plus, they were always in the minus. They were always minus 9, always minus 10. So meaning with them on the court, their scoring ratio and their efficiency on the team dropped. Now, this is from a couple years ago when Rondo, Boogie, and AD were on the same team. When Boogie and AD were on the court together, just those two, they were at plus 5.5, I think. And with Rondo, they were at minus 3.6. So, to me, I know a lot of people are like, oh, analytics aren't nothing. Look, the Rockets proved that. The analytics are wrong and da-da-da-da-da. Visually seeing the Lakers play last year with Rondo and LeBron on the court, it didn't look good, and it it just doesn't mesh well in my head. Yeah, I mean, look, by no means am I excited to have Rondo at my one, but, you know... Well, the news dropped today that the Lakers are exploring to move LeBron to the one. So this tells me that they're going to run LeBron James at the one, Danny Green at the two, Kuzma at the three. I'm just worried. Boogie at the four, and I think JaVale at the five and bring Boogie off the bench. Unless if Boogie comes back and bet and is the same Boogie we saw in New Orleans before he got hurt. Well, we're going to get into some of those hypotheticals here in a minute, but, but you know, I still like obviously Kuz here. I mean, I, I defensively, I mean, look, I'm look, Kuz offense is, is a beast. We know that. Um, defensively, putting him at the three, I'm still a little bit like, mm, like I know he can do it, but I'm still just, I don't know, I'm kind of, you know, squiggling around it. We've got so much depth at, at, at the five, I mean, four and five, I mean, you know, with Jabelle, DeMarcus, uh, AD, and, and Kyle, you know, Kuz, I mean, we're, our front court's set. Um, the new addition of Avery Bradley, I didn't, I thought you were about to mention that. Yeah, I forgot about to mention him. That fourth quarter closing lineup is going to be insane. You throw, <laughs> like, you throw LeBron, Avery Bradley, Danny Green, 
Wait, you wait, have wait. to throw Kuzma out there because he'll close the game because he's part technically the third puzzle of the piece. And then you throw AD out there. Man, that is going to be Bro, one what, what scary we, team. What if we don't start Rondo, man? I know Rondo might get pissy, but like, what if we start – Fuck, start put Avery but, there. But huh? the problem is, is what I what I was gonna tell you is you got Demarcus who's not afraid to be vocal about him not playing. You saw it on Golden State, and the same with Rondo. So the problem is is with the Lakers. If sometimes when you have this much death, sometimes when you have this much death, it's not a good thing, you know. Well, look, any other team that without a LeBron James, who is obviously the leader of all leaders, like, I don't, I would be more worried about that point, which you just brought up. But like Boogie being with Braun, I don't, I think Boogie's going to be all right, dude. I don't think we're going to see bad Boogie. I don't think, I think Rondo obviously was with LeBron last year. They're cool. They, they've on, they're on that topic. So, Bron, Braun's running that ship, bro. So, I'm not, and I'm not worried about let's, that. Let's let's not forget if Andrew Iguodala does become a free agent, the Lakers are favorite to <laughs> sign him because he was he is, his agent was Rob Polinka before Rob Polinka told everybody that he couldn't be their agent to be the GM of the Lakers. So that's wait, just wait, hold on, D. Is he can he become available now, or is this are we talking next year? No, we're talking about the Grizzlies are exploring the option to trade him, and if they can't trade him, they're gonna buy him out. And just he'll, then he'll become a free agent, right? He'll become a free agent, and they're saying the Lakers are the front runner oh, for him. It's over. I don't know. I have strong opinions. Look, that's all we're missing. Like, that's the thing. If we would have got Kawhi, we would have had that three, and we would have been complete. But if we can get Iggy, it, it's not. We've got it. We've got what we need. Dude, you you just got excited like a little uh like a little kid like you got told you're going to the candy shop you can have a hundred dollars. Huge LeBron James fan, and every if those of you that know me know me like you know how much that I'm all for anything LeBron James. <laughs> so, uh, you know, I was obviously rooting for the Kawhi trade so much, but you know that went down. But I'm 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 not nowhere near sad. I mean, I felt like Rob Palenka did a great job scrambling this thing together last minute. Uh, we've got a pretty good roster, arguably a, the best we're alongside the L.A. Clippers, in my opinion. And if we, you know, adding Avery Bradley is amazing. And if we get it, it's over. The Clips ain't in this conversation no more for the best. But, um, but nonetheless, guys, this this Laker team. I mean, it's it's it's. I'm just so excited to see them play, man. So, uh, but let dude, let's get into these clips real quick, and then we're gonna, uh, you know, get into a little bit of our you know, who we think's best and stuff like that real quick. Um, so let's, let's go. We're going L.A. Clippers. Um, you want me to start this off, dude? Uh, I got you right here. Boy. So the Clippers pull off the biggest fish Bro. in the sea by getting Kawhi Leonard. But before Kawhi Leonard announced that he was signing with the Clippers, the Clippers traded seven draft picks. Their rookie sensation point guard, Sean Gilchrist, or Shy Gilchrist and Alexander, and Daniel Gallinari for Paul George. I am okay with that. And Paul George made it clear that when his time was coming, and free agents or 
He wanted to go to L.A. The Lakers said, hey, we'll wait a year. We'll get you a free agency. The Thunder came in, swooped him up. They signed a contract extension. Now he's got traded to the Clippers. That dude's happy. He's home. The Clippers kept Patrick Beverly. They also keep Lou Will. And they signed an extension to Zubac. They also brought in Mo Harkless and extended Zubac. And they also kept Landry Shamit, which is pretty good for them. Because him a lot. I'm not gonna. I'm not gonna comment. Uh, Shamit is more of a, a three point shooter guy. He. He's he's gonna be a good guy to come off the bench for Mo Harkless or and ESPN starting five for the Clippers has Beverly Landry Shamit at the two, Paul George at three, Kawhi at the four, Zubak at the five. Yeah, I um, can see that lineup happening. Yeah, that's who they got for starting five. And I, I mean, here, here's my initial thoughts. I mean, look, defensively, this team is stupid nasty. Um, I mean, we all know Pat Bev is a pit bull. He can he can full court anybody at the one. Um, you know, PG Kawhi, two of the best defenders in the league, two way defenders, players. Period. Point blank. I mean, those two together is stupid nasty. Zubak, man. I mean, we saw Zubak, you know, have a little bit of glimpse of greatness almost. You know, with LA. I mean, he before you know all that went down, he was. You know, he was kind of doing his thing. I like Zubak. Um, Montrez Harrell, you know, defensively. And they got Jermichael Green. Um, they've got some – they've got athleticism. They've got length. My Here's here's my thing. I feel like the L.A. Clippers, when it's – you know, defensively, they're you – know, arguably they could be the best team, if not the best defensively. I think offensively is where we raise a little bit of question mark. And the only reason I say that – is because outside of Paul George, Kawhi, and Lou Will, I don't know where you're getting your scoring from for the Clippers. Can you tell me, D? Because I don't. I don't know where it's coming from. So your scoring for the Clippers is going to come off of Lou Will coming off the bench, the reigning sixth man of the year. Yeah. Your scoring is also going to come off of Paul George and Kawhi Leonard. Kawhi, that's all I, all I know. I don't know where else. Um, Zubak will get – the scraps, he'll get about like 10 or 11 points average right Deep around there. Score, so Patrick know. Beverly will get around 6 to 7 points. I mean, I think his average for his career is about like 6 points, yeah. 7 points. So you'll get that from him. So let's say, let's look at it this way. Kawhi Leonard will get about, let's see. Like I, I almost feel like the Clippers are—they're going to have to have in their rotation where Kawhi and Paul are not on the floor at the same time to keep that scoring offensively kind of leveled out and not have it to where like it's so high when they're both together. But because I mean, I, I don't like, you know, I mean, yeah, you're going to have Lou Will on, coming off the bench, but. Like I just I don't see any other threats offensively, dude. I don't know anything about Landry. Like I said, I don't. I mean, Jamichael Green, blah. Montrez Harold, nah. I'm mean, well, offensively here. Like I just I don't see it anywhere else, man. And, Harkless, Harkless can give you points. Shambit can go off. I mean, it's just it comes down to a lot of uh, things because if you look at if you look at the Lakers, I mean, like besides LeBron and AD, like. Danny Green will only hit shots if he scores. I mean, 
it's, it's just tough because you can't tell with these two teams of like who's going to be the consistent scorer. Because let's say, God forbid, LeBron goes out, who's replacing that role as a facilitator or the leader of that team? You think Anthony Davis can do that in his first year as a Laker? Dude, AD's built to be that facilitator, man. He did it in New Orleans. He can do it here. But the one thing is, is the Clippers, nobody saw the Clippers making the playoffs last year. They go to the playoffs and take the Warriors to six games. So, like, sure. it's it, it's tough to say right now between the two teams. You literally got to see them play. Beast in that series, though. I, I mean, they couldn't handle Gallinari in that series. with yeah. so, And you got to – and you got to look at and see who who's starting and what lineups that they run. I mean, it's just tough to go off of everything right now because what, what we're looking at is paper. We don't know how these teams are going to mesh together. Yeah, I'm pulling up the um, Lakers. I'm going to look at them side by side real quick because – you know, look, guys, for me, it's there. there is no argument. The two best teams in the NBA comes down to these two teams, man. When you put Kawhi Leonard, Paul George, LeBron, AD, that's it, game over. Just just duos alone in, in, the, in the superstar moment. You know, I, I offensively, I'm still giving that I'm giving the nod to, especially now with the Avery Bradley signing, I'm definitely I'm, I'm gonna have to give the, uh, the nod to the Lakers. I think Lakers offensively are going to be like in its. In, in, if we're talking totality, we're going to have a better offensive team than the Clippers. But you know, this Clipper defense definitely best defense um, hands down. I think. But he, look, he, I, this is what I've been telling everybody that's close to me so far. I don't think I'm talking about this, but I feel like if it's going to come down to the Clippers or the Lakers coming out of the West, okay, this is just this is me. But I think the true X factor in all of this is Boogie Cousins. If Boogie Cousins can come back second year off of the Achilles and the surgery, you know, most, most statistically, it's, you know, these injuries, it's the second year where they start to really come back. That first year, you know, they're still ginger. It's, it's just not the same player. But if he can come back and actually be maybe not still not superstar Boogie, but like, close to it or even even half of that i don't know but if he can come back and ball and be productive and we can keep him healthy then this lakers team i'm i gotta put them over the top here i because you if you can put a starting five with a decent really good boogie and ad at the four and i don't know if you put coos at the three whatever but like i don't i I got a team for you I don't think that you can handle that. The Clippers. Like, gotta, Kawhi's not guarding it. I know you think Kawhi guards AD at the – I don't think – I mean, I know Kawhi's a great defender, and I put no respect on that, but he's only still 6'7". The, the, the man is not – he's not stopping AD so, inside, dude. That's not happening. I, I got to – since you're talking about stopping people and everything else, yeah. let, let's bring in the Nuggets in this. Dude? No, no, no. Let, let's, let's bring the, let's bring right, the Nuggets right, in this. Let's, let's bring the Nuggets in this, okay? The Nuggets got Jamal Murray. He's a scorer. You got Gary Harris, who's a three and D guy, probably one of the best, one of the top five, top ten, best two way players in the league. You got Tory Craig, who can play the three, or if you want to slide him in, Michael Porter Jr., 
We kept Paul Millsap, and you got Nikolai Nusevich. Who is going to contain Nikolai Nusevich? Because AD can guard Nikolai Nusevich. Uh, uh, yes. Uh, hold on, hold on, hold on. This year, this year for Nikolai Nusevich. He uh, and AD had battles, and Nikolai outshined AD. Bro, bro, you're talking about two different players. You're talking about Jokic, not Vucevic. Yeah, sorry. Jokic. Hey, Jokic, dude, is a big Jokic is, Jokic is the shit. real deal. And it, when he gets AD in foul trouble, and then you got to go to Boogie, and we saw what he did to Boogie. We saw what he did to – what he did – it's no joke. And then you want to throw think about it. Paul Millsap, too, as much as people don't put respect on his name, I don't put respect on his name. He can hang up there with LeBron. He can hang up there. He can hold his own on the defensive end. It may not be pretty. It may not be pretty. LeBron is still going to do Braun, but he's going to make LeBron work for it. All right, all right. And then I, I'm just saying the Nuggets at forward position – can contest with the Lakers. They got Porter Jr., who's 6'10". You got Paul Millsap, who's a proven veteran. Torrey Craig has proven that he can play defense. And then on top of it, you throw in Will Barton. And then you got to remember, they just got Jeremiah Grant. You know, look, they've got some depth. They've got weight. But look, Nikola Jokic is not a defensive player. He cannot He's, play defense. He can't he play sucks. defense, but he on sucks. offense, he gets you in trouble. Dude, we'll get him in trouble way before he gets us in trouble, dude. Braun and AD to the rim? You don't think Jokic isn't going to have – I mean, what's Jokic – how is he going to handle that, bro, off that pick? If we put AD at the five, that's a that's a mismatch out of out of God's green – I don't even know. Like, like Jokic is – that's a, that's a huge mismatch with AD, bro. I, I, I even – argue boogie's a mismatch with that i think with these nuggets and i'm not even going to talk about the lakers i'm going to bring the clippers in this conversation look before i even get in any further there is not one person on this nuggets team that is going to stop Kawhi leonard or lebron james let's just address that right now okay but no, who would they have no stop those two that's, have, that's the question they have no answer for that okay so that's already one negative for the nuggets the other negative for the Nuggets is obviously you put Kawhi and Paul George on the floor. God bless you. Um, there, I mean, defensively, the Clippers are, are still. I mean, they're going to lock down Denver. Um, we we will have to wait to see because you know from, from everything that we watched, from everything that has gone on, and everything. I don't know if you watched the Nuggets at all. Dude, I've watched the Nuggets some, and I know enough about Jamal. I know enough. Jeremiah Grant is—he's good, but he's not—he's—he's not—he's not not an offensive player. But that gives us that defensive player that we were missing. We were missing that defensive player last year. Not stopping Kawhi or LeBron. He ain't stopping nobody. There's nobody in the league that can stop Kawhi or LeBron. Everybody's proved that. He ain't. I mean. The problem is, is with the Lakers, they gotta hope AD stays he healthy. They gotta hope. They gotta hope. They gotta hope. Well, here's the problem with both of the two Laker teams and or the LA teams. Paul George has a screwed up shoulder every year, or he, or his knee screwed up, or his hand is screwed up. Same thing with AD. If any of those two guys are healthy, their your chances of winning 
have went down by a good percentage wise. Your you, you those two teams should be worried about those guys staying healthy. If those guys can't stay healthy, their chances go out. And the Nuggets last year stayed healthy. And what happened? I don't even they, think the Nuggets. I think the Rockets are better than the Nuggets as is, bro. I don't even think like I look. I've got, oh, hold on, hold on. Are we are we talking about the Rockets before they try to blow up their whole team, or are we talking about the same rock or the Rockets after? Now on paper, I still think the Rockets are a better team. I think they. I think. They could beat Denver in a in a series of seven. I, I definitely do. I've got look. Here's I'm gonna lay out my top. This is my best teams in the league on paper as it stands right now. I've got I've got it, with Avery Bradley signing. I'm, I put I had Clippers on top, and I'm putting I, I've got the Lakers very slightly number one. Clippers are right behind them number two. I've got and, and this is actually let me just not not the whole league. This is just the West. Okay, I just want to talk about the West right now. Um, which, I mean, the West is still, in my opinion, way better than these. But I think 76ers in that top, but I'm not going to talk about that. Just the Western Conference. I got LA 1, Clips 2. Um, I've got I've got, I've, I've got, got Houston at 3 still. I still think with Harden, CP, that that's still a very nasty team. I know depth-wise and stuff, but they're, they're just a monster to deal with. Uh, I've got Utah 4, and I've got Denver at 5, and then the rest I don't really care to mention, but – um, and then we're talking like over, I, I'm not saying who's going to have the best record in the regular season. Cause that might be Denver. Cause you know, Denver likes, they have death and they like to play hard. These other teams like clips and Lakers are going to load manage. They're not going to, you know, go hard all 82 games, but like, I don't take this debt. Like this Denver team's going to make a little bit of noise, but they're, they're going to get put out by either Utah, Houston, or one of the LA teams dude, like before it's all said and done. That's me. That's me. I see where you're coming from. I still think I still think the Nuggets are going to be the team to beat in the West because they're going to be the first seed, first seed. Then it's going to be the two LA teams. Now they're at two and three. Then you got the um, you got the Jazz that are at the f- four or five. Like I I I see where you're coming from. The Rockets. I see where where everybody says the Rockets, but like the, Look, the Rockets thing, ain't going to win it all. But they're definitely going to be in that. They're going to be top. Top three. I don't. I don't see how they're not. Just, yeah, I don't know. James Harden and, and Chris Paul. That's top three. So yeah, I, I like I said, I still don't know with the Rockets. They got a whole bunch of shit they got to figure it out. But man, I mean, you know, this whole Clippers. I mean, and if God forbid, if if Andre Iguodala signs with the Lakers, okay, then. The, that close one and two, I said between Lakers one clips to that gap just got way bigger. It got it, we just blew it out, okay? Like because at that point, like the depth, the depth measure of L, of the Lakers is it's, it's unquestioned compared to the Clippers. So like I said, that's that's my thing with the Clippers. I feel like I mean defend even defensively. Like I still, I mean aside from the the the, the starting five and like Lou Will and. Montrez Harrell, if he's in that starting five, I don't know. Zubak, I, I don't – I'm just not seeing nothing else out of that, bro. You know what I'm saying? But, like, it's still – now. I mean, look, God, they're both nasty teams. And, and at the end of the day, we all know it's going to come down to health. It's going to come down to who can stay healthy. And that's why the Clippers and the Lakers are going to load manage the living hell out of, you know, their top stars. Um, 
But as I said, I think Boogie Cousins here is, is a super X factor. I think we, if Boogie can even play half of what he was, we have never seen a Braun 80 Boogie combo that could just devastate people. I mean, offensively devastate you. I don't off pick and rolls, kicks. I mean, you got Danny Green out there. I mean, God bless you for guarding that. I don't know how you're going to do it. But God uh-huh. bless you, bro. Like, so, so I have one last thing to say. And I can't believe we forgot about them. But the Kings are going to be a team that could make the playoffs in the West. They're the dark horse team right now. They're the they're like the silent assassin team almost. Sacramento Kings. They kept Buddy Healed. They cut or they kept uh, Harrison Barnes. They also still have Marvin Bagley. They kept Buddy Hield. They go out and get Kyle Guy, which is a great pickup. I mean, they they got Bo, the other Bo Don Donovich. I mean, they, they, Burks, is that is this updated? I don't know. I'm looking at ESPN. I know. No, Alec Burks is still a free. I think I think he's still a free. Oh, he signed with the uh, Golden State Warriors today. Oh, never mind. Okay. Um, they lose. They lose Willie Callstein, which is okay because Marvin Bagley was better. Willie Callstein, I forgot once. I the like Callstein. He's, he's athletic. Yeah, but and they they kept their they kept the good core guys. They kept Barnes, and that I felt like Barnes would take these guys to the next level. But they they do they're like they're the dark horse team. Not saying that they're gonna go anywhere. They're not gonna win it right now, but I just think that they're going to be the dark horse team. Yeah, this team's going to you know, they're going to be okay. It's just, you know, I'd put them under that category. Like, here's my th- I don't know any team in the NBA, you've got to have at least one mega superstar, like top tier, top tier to even have a shot. Like, because you yeah. know, you, you could have the best, like bet role player team and have some pretty, you know, okay stars, but like, you know, like I'm looking at this roster. I mean, you know, Harrison Barnes, he's he's a he's a two like a two tier, two, three tier superstar, if we're putting it in perspective. I mean, they don't have anybody that's gonna carry this team. It's you know, because um, I mean look like a lot a lot of people like to make references to the old Spurs. Well, you know, but the Spurs had Tim Duncan, they had they had Kawhi Leonard Young, like even though they had a bunch of role and depth, you know. I mean, it was, it was a super. You still had superstars, so, um, you know, like I said, man, I, I think this this it, it looks like a nice roster. They've got depth, no doubt, um, but definitely not going to put a whole lot of weight in them for sure. So, the uh, early pre before preseason prediction, we're going to wrap this up now. Um, Who's winning? Who's coming out of the West? Who's coming out of the East? Who's winning the championship? Now, don't give me that whole pre wait till preseason. I'll just shoot it off the hip right now. Who's coming out? Who's winning the title? Go. I'm going to stick with the sports book. The sports book says the Clippers. Clippers are favored to win. Clippers are winning it this year. So, Clippers come out of the West. Who are they playing in the East? Uh, coming from the East. Coming from the East. I'm definitely going to say it's not the boys from Brooklyn, but it's going to be the boys in Philly. Oh, we know Brooklyn ain't got a shot till at least another year. It's going to be our our brothers, the 
the city of brotherly love, yeah. the 76ers. <laughs> well, you know, obviously me, I got to add a little bit of bias to it, even though I'm trying not to. And I do think I have a compelling argument between Lakers Clippers, but I am going to say Lakers are coming out of the West. Um, I think uh, the Sixers will come out of the East. I think it's going to be a tight one between them and Milwaukee. They're going to fight it out. <clears throat> but, um, you know, I've, I've got Lakes winning the title this year. Once in a I, can, I, I, I got it. Well, listen, man, D, I had it. This dude, I had a blast doing it. This is fun, man. Hell, yeah, I had a blast too, man. This you is... have to bring more basketball. I mean, you can, guys, if you listen, I don't know if you can just feel the energy. Like, this is one of the few episodes where, like, I can just, like, the energy, the vibing. Like, I could go on and on for, for hours still just talking about this, you know. Unfortunately, I got to get going. I got some stuff I got to get done. I'm sure D does as well. Um, but we hope you guys enjoyed this episode. Uh, be sure to let us know your thoughts. You can go to uh, Twitter at the TE5Life. Uh, that's the official Twitter account for the podcast. Let us know what you think. You can also hit me and Debro up on Twitter. Uh, we're both, you know, at TE5 underscore Pharaoh and then at TE5 underscore Debro. Um, love to hear from you guys. You know, and this just content like this is, is cool. It's compelling. It's, you know, we're talking about obviously relevant stuff here in basketball. So if you're a basketball fan, I know you guys are going to get into this. Um, we'd love to know, you know, just like I said, let us know your thoughts. Um, and, and Dave, if you want to leave, leave everybody off with something, go ahead. Just remember what I said. You can hate me. You can say whatever. But wait until Zion proves what I said. All right? I'm ready for the hate. I'm ready for it. But like I said, it's just only an opinion. Your opinion. You have your right to your own opinion. I have my right to mine. Just be a little bit nice about it. <laughs> All right, guys. Well, we appreciate you for sticking with us. Hour and 40 minutes. I want to say it's either the longest or it's the second. I think, I think we've had a podcast that's went almost two hours. Um, obviously, if, if we wanted to keep going, I'm sure we could. this could go even longer than that. But we're going to go ahead and end it here, guys. Hope you had a, a, a good time listening to us. Don't forget, if you're listening on Apple Podcasts, please rate the podcast, review it. It only helps us boost, uh, you know, boost our podcast so we can reach more people and help folks learn how they can live a life on their own terms while entertaining them at the same time. I hope you guys have a good day, good night, whenever it is you're listening to this. This is T5 Pharaoh, host of the T5 Life Show. We'll catch you later. I hope you enjoyed this episode as much as I did. Don't forget to share this with a friend. If you're listening on Apple Podcasts, make sure to rate and review the podcast. And if you haven't subscribed, I'd really appreciate it if you do so. I'll catch you on the next one.